Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another week on the New Era Oilers podcast, brought to you by the New Era Hockey Network. I'm your host, Nick Chung, and I'm here with my friend, Brett. Hey, how's it going today, Nick? Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's going pretty good, good as can be. How are you? Uh, you know, about the same, man. I can't complain. Uh, nice weather, a little smoky here today, but other than that, yeah. can't complain. Yeah, actually, you know, on a side, like, uh, uh, there's a little side note here. This is actually our 10th episode. I know, double digits. Yeah, uh, big one I know, right? <laughs> I feel like I'm growing up. Yeah, right? I mean, I finally got the hang of the intro. It only took me like 10 episodes, but... <laughs> Nailing it, though. Nailing it. <laughs> no, I have t- big news in Oilers land this week. We do. Big news. I'm assuming just about everyone listening to this, ourselves included, already know what we're going to be talking about tonight. Yeah, I mean, it's the biggest news so far, and uh, it's got a lot of uh, love it and hate in it, so yeah, I, I know it's it's it's, hard. it's it's definitely something we're going to spend a little bit of time here talking about, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely a little bit of time, but I feel like before we get into the big news, we should talk about Dylan Wells a little bit. Yes. Yeah, Dylan Wells off to Carolina for future considerations. Um you know how do you, how do you feel about that, Brad? <laughs> I mean, I feel like okay with it. I think I feel like with yeah. what we're trying to achieve, we're trying to achieve a starting goaltender at this point, right? So I mean, we know we're gonna have to pay him, so we're gonna have to try and clear up a little bit of cap space. I think he was going up for is he RFA at the end of the se- well, I was RFA at the end of the season or something like that. I think he's up for new contract negotiations, anyways. Yeah, and I don't know if the Oilers really felt like he uh, was part of our system i suppose you could say so future considerations i guess we'll have to see what that is uh, along along some time but uh i mean it is what it is that's that's the business yeah i mean i have to agree i mean i'm glad wells may get a shot in carolina i don't think he was going to get much of one here he had the one game last year but he didn't look ready no and the others right now we're looking for somebody that's ready and i mean we have other goaltenders too so I think I think we know what our focus is this year, and at this point, I think there was really no chance because what we're trying to find as a goaltender will be something long term, anyways. Um, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it's, yeah, totally I'm okay agree. with it. I'm totally okay with it. Me too. Best of luck to Dylan Wells out there. <laughs> yes, best of luck. Yeah, for sure. Well, with that out of the way, it's about time to stop beating around the bush. Duncan Keith to the yep. Edmonton Oilers. For Duncan Keith and Tim Soderland, I believe. Yes. Soderland for Caleb Jones and a conditional third round pick. Yep. Brett, what are your thoughts? Honestly, to start, skeptical, super skeptical. Um, I think kind of given some time and the ability to kind of think about what has happened and kind of their idea behind the whole thing, I think. I'm starting to come around a little bit on it and I'm hoping that it's kind of uh, like we've talked, I think before a lesser role. Um, he's going to be a much happier player playing in Edmonton than he was in Chicago. I think I saw somewhere along the lines that had been, there was like a seven month uh, lapse between the chances of him seeing his son, something like yeah, that. Yeah. And I mean, that's going to wear on anybody. Right. So in a normal season, in a normal season, he probably gets to see him a lot more super cool with it. But because of how everything is nowadays, I mean, just goes to show you the man misses his family. So, yeah, he gives him an opportunity to play a little closer, get a little bit more chances to see him, and uh, I think we'll probably get a happier Duncan Keith, and hopefully, hopefully, it turns out to be a little bit better of a player, Duncan Keith. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no uh, question about that. Duncan Keith will definitely be a little bit more sound minded, being close to his family. I mean, you're you're a family guy, Brett. You probably know. Oh, I can't imagine spending that much time away from your loved no, ones. Uh, oh man, uh, my daughter—it's honestly hard enough to spend a, two days away from her. So um, I could only imagine what going a, a long distance like that would be like. I would be—you wouldn't really be thinking straight. It's all you can think about. You get to FaceTime them and stuff like that, but it's not the same. It's not being able to hug them and stuff like that, and it just—it'll yeah. wear on you. I mean, like I said, two days for me, and it wears on me. I can imagine what a long period of time could do to a guy playing hockey almost every other night, right? So. Yeah, uh, for me, like obviously, I'm not a fan of the deal. Yeah. I, I am 
Uh, well, I don't know if we've been going on this show long enough for everyone to really like know my outlook on most Oilers moves, but generally I consider myself very optimistic. Uh, I don't really buy into the rage, the pitchforks all the time. And, you know, when the Jets got the better hand of us earlier this season, you know, I, earlier this year, you know, I was like rolling with the punches. It was like, you know, I understand this is a move I can't understand. As someone who always tries to look for the brightest spots in anything when it comes to the Oilers land, I can't wrap my head around the Duncan Keith deal on a business side of things, on a hockey side of things. It doesn't make sense. How so? Well, let me... Let me <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me you dig, book. dig your teeth I'm, right into this one. Um, I'm going to start off with positives. because Okay, let's do it. As I said, that's what I like to do. Yep. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on Keith as a player. Keith is obviously a very decorated defenseman, probably one of the best defensemen to ever play the game, and I don't think I'm wrong in saying that. He's got a Conn Smythe to his name, three Stanley Cups. He's got yeah Norris, two Norrises to his name. I mean, it, the resume doesn't get much better than that. Nope. But on the other hand, it's only a resume at this point. Duncan Keith is 37, going to be 38 years old by the time the season starts. Not to mention, he's been a step behind the Duncan Keith of old in the last few seasons. I definitely think that... I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that's just one part of it. But another part of it, uh, of me, thinks to trades and potential other moves this, this offseason. And this is where I start to lose it a little bit. <clears throat> so, for this this draft, we have our first round pick, our fourth round pick, two sixth round picks. We have one from Pittsburgh and a seventh round pick. So that means in the entire draft, we have five picks. Mm -hmm. We have five picks. Next year, we have our first, our second. We just traded away our third. We don't have a fourth. We have our fifth, sixth, and seventh. That means we have five picks. In two years, we will have 10 picks out of a possible 14. Now, I understand like a lot of people win now mode. That's fine. I'm totally for that too, because I definitely think we should. This is the off season. If any off season, we should totally go all in. Is Duncan Keith the move that puts you over the top? I don't know. But what gets me is that it's the first move he makes. We talked at nauseum, it felt like, the last few weeks on how, you know, the Oilers really need a left winger, top six, at least one or two guys, and a goaltender. Probably, mm -hmm. maybe even two goaltenders. Why the hell are we picking up 5.5 million more on another defenseman first? And before the expansion draft, which is a whole other argument I will get to in a moment <laughs> after I let you talk for a little bit because I don't want to hog the mic too much. That's okay, man. Um, to touch on the things that Duncan Keith did in Chicago, that's the second most games played in team history. Yep. The second most points by a defenseman. That's, that's an original six franchise, by the way. Yes, that is. That's yep. a three-time Stanley Cup winner, two-time mm -hmm. Norris winner, two-time yep. Olympic gold winner, 2015 yep. Conn Smythe winner, and an absolute beauty. We got to admit, like you said, one of the best to ever do it as a defenseman. Um, mm -hmm. I think I can understand where you're coming from. I think a lot of this team, we got to realize, like, we got to stop build. We got to start building cup contenders. And I know draft draft picks are, are are great. They're awesome to have. It's great to have that in our system. But I mean, we have guys in our system currently that have the potential, right? But we need oh, yeah. to start building for now. We only got, what, I think it's five years left on McDavid's deal, stuff like that, right? So we need to start building a team that's going to compete within a year or two. And oh, if, 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 that means, if that means giving up a draft pick for a player like Duncan Keith, and I know he's a 38-year-old Duncan Keith, don't get me wrong, I will be the first one to admit that he has not had two great seasons at all. I'm going to put both of those up to not being able to see his family because we know the kind of player he can be. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, let's also talk about the leadership this guy will bring to that defensive core, a young defensive core. Let's not forget. He's, I, in all fairness, I have Ethan Bear, line one, 
I got him hopefully playing. I got Keith, sorry, hopefully playing with Bouchard next season. I think just the intangibles of the knowledge, the tricks, the stuff like that, that he's going to be able to teach Bouchard, yep. right, is going to be is going to be one of those intangibles that no matter how many games in the minors that young man plays, it'll not be the same as I guarantee you playing two games, if at most, with Duncan Keith. And I think that's a lot of what we need we needed on our team. I think if you look at our team, we're a fairly young team. Yep. We have a few players that have been in the league a couple of years, i.e. Neil and stuff like that, but it's they're they're not the same. They're not the Duncan Keiths. I think having a guy come in like this, I know the contract is hard to eat up, but I mean, if you think about it, once Oscar doesn't come back and he's placed on long-term injury reserve, that eats up pretty well the majority of that five and a half million that we're going to take a hit on. And I know people will be like, okay, let's let's not say we couldn't have used that long-term money somewhere else. However, I believe even after this Duncan Keith deal, we're still going into this with $15 million dollars. Yep. free cap space so that is a lot of money to still pay for two players and a goalie if not one player and a goalie you know so i i don't think i don't think we have a lot to be upset yet with i mean this guy hasn't even stepped foot on the ice as oh, an yeah, edmonton roller i i get it i 100 get where you're coming from do a lot of people think it's a rough idea? Yeah, you're taking a 38 year old defenseman who's proven Huge the last risk. two last two seasons that he has seems to be declining. However, it's those intangibles, and Ken Holland knows about them, and he knows what that'll do to this young defensive core, this young team, let alone the defensive core. I mean, we've talked about Mike Smith and what he's done for this team as far as a leadership role, but he's a goalie. In all fairness, you need someone on the bench with that same kind of mantra, that same kind of composure, that when a game gets to triple overtime, he's going to be the one there on the bench saying, listen, guys, let's settle down. We're all over them. Let's get some speed going, stuff like that. It's, it's just those intangibles, I think. And I think, like he said, big, big risk. However, we haven't even given this guy a chance yet. And I, like I said, I know his contract. I totally get what you're saying. Yep. The draft pick is hard to give up. However, I don't think we're looking for draft picks right now. We're looking for a run at a Stanley Cup. Yep, 100%. Right? I have three things to say about your argument right there. Let's go. I'm very glad you brought up the cleft bomb money because that brings in another element to this argument. Mm -hmm. That means that Ken Holland is sitting there telling me that not only is Duncan Keith coming into this, this locker room prepared to play top four minutes. It means not only does he replace Caleb Jones, he must also replace Oscar cleft bomb. I will. And another thing I must point at is not two hours ago, a deal was made between the Colorado Avalanche and the New Jersey Devils. Colorado sends over Mikhail Maltsev and a second-round pick for Ryan Graves, a comparable play style, obviously not Duncan Keith, but I mean, I mean at this stage in the career, possibly potentially a more, more useful defenseman in sorts, if mm -hmm. you will. At 27 years old, he has, I believe, two years left on a $3.1 million deal. Mm -hmm. Colorado played practically the same price we played for Duncan Keith. Uh, a slightly better draft pick. Because I do agree, we don't exactly need draft picks. But how I see draft picks right now is that is what we have to buy other players with. Mm -hmm. That is what we're trading with. That is mm -hmm. our currency right now. To not have second and third round picks, which are probably the most valuable pieces without going straight into a first round pick, mm -hmm. tells me that we're going to have to overpay for just about anything else we're going to want to throw around a trade in. You're going to have to use a first because we don't really have any other seconds or thirds. And we cannot use, I, I grant you, even though we still have the second round pick for next year, we cannot trade that pick until this season is over and we know whether or not we've made it past the, uh, the I think it's the third, I think it's the third, third round. Right. And 20 minutes averaging 20 minutes a night, I think it is for Duncan <laughs> Keith as well. But yeah. I mean, that's something that could be limited. Do you like, it's, it's of one course. of those things that they play him 19 minutes. That's no longer part of the clause. You know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah, it's something that but could be monitored. Use that pick. No, hundred percent. But so we can also make it a worse pick if we wanted to. That is true, but we could not 
Because, say, by the deadline with a second-round pick. No, you can't. We, you can't. It's, that's, that's where I have a problem with it. It's not so much as, you know, like, yes, like, let's be honest here. This is kind of a cap dump for Chicago. We paid 100%. to take on a cap dump. Mm-hmm. I th- for Chicago, it is totally. Um, I mean, at the same time, I get where you're coming from. I, I totally do. I really do. I think if you look at if you look at the way, like you said it, the things we're giving up is our kind of our currency as far as this goes. But with that being said, there's going to be teams like, don't get me wrong, man. We can go to Tampa Bay. Let's see if we can try and get someone to Tampa Bay. That team is going to be fiending to take some of the smallest contracts we have so that they can sign them then a minimum amount of players before the season starts. Right. Like, I think they still have six players. They're going to sign. Right. And they're already yeah. 3 million over the cap. So they're going to have to, dump players so let's assume we dipped into it for their depth right like i think this is the first move they made and i know it seems astronomical and it seems ridiculous to most people and most analytic people 100 and i get it but i'm also going to counter with i am not really an analytic guy yeah like i I look at them i can kind of understand them but i don't fully understand them i'm very willing to learn them mm -hmm. but I'm not like this has nothing to do with me being like a hardcore analytics guy or anything like that for those who are listening and you know just because I don't know if I've ever told you that Brett but I I'm not an analytic guy. I totally get it, man. I'm talking about all over Twitter that I'm seeing all these people posting up stats and this, that, the other thing. Like, yeah, let's take you away from your family for seven months and see how good you play. Like, it's it is still a business to these guys, but at the end, but at the end of the day, these guys still used to get to go home to their family. Right at the end of a game, after a home game, their families were usually there. If not, they could travel there at any time. This last two seasons has not been the case. Um, we're still getting a Duncan Keith, even if he comes in, and who knows? Maybe they re- end up. We still got to resign Larson. Let's resign Larson. Maybe he plays with Bouchard. Maybe. I'm very glad you brought up Adam Larson. <laughs> right, like this I, is the, another part of the Duncan Keith trade that gets me <laughs> so heated. <laughs> Adam Larson must be exposed now in the expansion draft. If either we're able to sign Adam Larson right now, mm-hmm. which would in turn leave us to either protecting Larson, which we probably would have to because we just signed him, which mm-hmm. means exposing Ethan Bear to the, the yeah. expansion draft or no problem, right? We'll just go the other route. We'll protect, what is it, like uh, four defensemen and like six forwards or whatever. Something like that, yeah. With those projections, we have to leave unprotected one of Yamamoto or Yessi Pugliarpi. Why the hell does Ken Holland pull the trigger on a Duncan Keith deal before the expansion draft? Who because of the expansion draft. Look, you said it yourself, Chicago. This is another yeah. thing that I, I have to bring up, okay? Because people use, oh, we had all the leverage. We had all the leverage. Yeah. Did we? This man said he wanted to play closer to home. If the Oilers yeah. weren't going to be able to make a deal, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that team lets the him walk to Seattle. Seattle is so close to BC. So close. It's probably yeah. probably Seattle is probably closer to where he needs to be than Edmonton is. Let's be honest with you. I guarantee you that if we do not find a way to sign a player like Duncan Keith, who we were bringing in, I strictly believe, for the intangibles, the stuff he will teach our young defensemen, if we do not go out and try to get him, we lose him. We're done. Seattle ain't moving on him. I guarantee it. Right? So let's be honest. I think as much as people like to say, oh, we had the leverage. Why would we wait till after the expansion draft? Because if we waited till after the expansion draft, he wouldn't be there. He would no longer be on the table. That's, I can guarantee it. That is an interesting take, but I also would have to counter with why. Like it, it, this means well, that Ken Holland very much uh, values specifically Duncan Keith because yeah, in the do last you know what that'll do days, for players? in the last two days since the deal, players have been bought out. Like Keith Yandel was bought out earlier today. Mm-hmm. Similar, older defenseman, been around. Probably signed for a lot less than 5.5. And Ryan Suter bought out the day before. Also yes. older, 
definitely a much more capable defenseman in this stage of his career, despite being up there in age himself. This means Duncan Keith, specifically, before any of the dominoes fell, must be an Edmonton Oiler. And that I cannot wrap my head around. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's hard to say. I don't like I don't think because at the same time you gotta remember like a lot of what Seattle is going to get isn't going to be a, a high cap hit. A lot of what these guys are gonna leave exposed are gonna be guys that aren't getting eight, nine million dollars a year. And you gotta remember there is also a minimum these guys have to reach in order yep. to get in you know what I mean? Yep. Before the season starts. So that's gonna be a contract Seattle would be more than willing to chew up in order to help get them to that cap uh, minimum, right? So, I, like I said, as much as we like to think we have freaking – we had a lot of leverage as far as this deal goes, and we should have waited until after the expansion draft. If we wait, we don't get him. We, that's, I can almost guarantee you we do not get him. And you are looking for a defenseman who can help this younger core. Like I said, he's not only going to help this younger core defensively, he's going to help – the offensive side of it. You know how many things this guy is going to teach these offensive players, certain things to try and beat a defenseman, stuff like this, right? Like it's the not only that, the leadership this guy is going to bring towards our team. I, I think we got to. Uh, how do I explain it? I think, I think we got to just as as much as everybody wants to get angry about it and stuff like that. I think we just we just got to give the man a chance, man. He hasn't even stepped foot on the ice, like I said, for the Oilers yet. Yeah, no. I, Everybody's I like, because who knows, who's to say, look look at the career Mike Smith had. Look at the last two yeah. seasons for Mike Smith. Look at how that's gone out. A lot of people are like, why the heck are we bringing this guy back? And sure yeah. enough, he goes out and takes us to the playoffs. So let's not sit here and say that a guy at that age can't come in and do something for us productively and be better than he was the season before. We've, we have a goaltender that's proven that's the ability. And as a matter of fact, he's played so well that we're going to re-sign him. Ken Holland's already talked about it, right? So here's the yeah. deal is, is that we have a player on our team already at that age that can prove that age sometimes isn't always a factor. And he's had a heck of a season. So let's just, let's just give Duncan Keith, who we've already said is one of the better defensemen that have ever played in the league, yep. a chance. We, we, we forget – we sit here and say, oh, it's this contract, it's this amount of money. But like I said, intangibles. Intangibles are not payable. You can't pay for stuff like that. I mean, you theoretically could. However, you're going to pay that's what gets bigger a lot than of people, five and a half. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people are upset about, actually, that we are paying five and a half. A third-round draft pick, Oscar Kleffbaum spot on the defense, and potentially Tyler Benson. Because I don't think that's... Well, that's another thing, too, is that I think that whoever gets taken from Seattle now also has to be weighed against Duncan Keith. Unfairly, of course, to Duncan Keith. Mm-hmm. Because whoever is going to be taken by Seattle is taking the place of Jones, who would have been taken by Seattle. Most definitely. Most probably. I guess not definitely, but... I guess... Would what, that not open Broberg, though, too, out of curiosity? No. So, luckily... Because he hasn't yeah. played enough or whatever, right? No, and Bouchard hasn't played enough last year. And I'm kind of assuming that's why he didn't play. Yeah, I more think I mentioned that a couple of times is that I'm yeah. pretty sure we did that for a reason. So as much as it frustrated us all, I'm pretty sure yeah. that was that was deliberate. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a reason for most things, which is why I'm, I'm, I'm like, I again, don't get me wrong. Duncan Keith, he's a practically a legend still skating. Mm-hmm. But bringing in legends still skating doesn't always work. I'm not saying this one won't. I'm not saying it will. I'm just saying it's it's a tough pill to swallow as the first domino to fall, especially because the Duncan Keith, like I, out of curiosity, I went I watched um, the highlights from the last the first two playing games the mm-hmm. in Chicago, um, the one where they won they shocked us in the first game at six two six three, and the second one where we went back and won by a similar score. I believe it was 6-3 as well. I saw a lot of things, like a lot of, you know, savvy veteran moves from Duncan Keith in that first game. But he was also on the on the ice for, I think, every single Oilers goal in both games. Mm-hmm. I, I sat there, I said, well, you know, this is a small sample size. It's not, probably not the best uh, 
metric, but I mean, it's also not exactly what you want to see in the big games that we're bringing him in for, you know? Who, out of curiosity, who was his offensive matchup? His offensive matchup was just about um, anyone and everyone, because that's pretty much all Chicago has. So, yes, he was matched up against McDavid. Yes, he was matched up against uh, Ennis, I believe, got a good one on him, which was kind of shocking. But uh, he's a speedy man, Ennis, man. A lot of people don't give my boy a little credit. He is speedy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm an Ennis fan myself, but, it's, uh, you know, it's... it's so you're going up against the best player in hockey, and we're using that as a reference. Let's be, that guy's going to be on our team now. Like, he's not playing against McDavid anymore. He's playing with Connor McDavid. And, I mean, holy, that defense that first pass that outlet pass that he's going to be able to make this stuff like this man it's just oh man i'm i personally i know everybody's super upset about it and i get it i totally get it like i said i, I totally understand where you're coming from however i'm gonna be optimistic about this one just just this once maybe um yeah i have i have high hopes for duncan keith as as far as this Oilers team goes and, oh I, man it's, it's i think i think <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. Who ended up winning that play-in series, by the way? Yeah, Chicago definitely did. And on the backs of guys like Duncan Keith, guys like Jonathan Taves, like, their veterans stepped up. It was their leadership that really was the difference you know in what the a thing lot of is, scenarios. The thing about Duncan Keith is, yeah, he made a ha- may have had a rough couple seasons. But for the most part, other than obviously game number two and stuff like that, he definitely has always stepped up in big games. And we outside like we've talked about we're not going to get back Barry this year chances are and the only other one that's really really stepped up for us especially come playoff time was Darnell Nurse and you need more than that going for you and now we have Bouchard this year so we're going to hope he comes in but I mean you got him coming in playing with Duncan Keith Bouchard and Duncan Keith like that's that's going to be killer uh, I, mean, I don't want to get all doom and gloom on you here because I I, I do like Duncan I do like Duncan Keith like he's a legend on skates, as I said earlier, but like I, I just don't see how this works. Aside, like putting past name brand, putting past potential leadership intent. I mean, we're paying right now as it sits eleven million dollars in cap on leadership. Is leadership worth eleven million dollars between him and Neil? I don't know. Like I, I don't know. That seems a little bit of a steep price. I like the fact that. We couldn't like another thing that goes back to this deal is but we also talked about them potentially being, buying out Neil, no. So yes, and which I, still could happen, but mm-hmm. as of right now, as it sits, it hasn't. I get it, but I think yeah. we don't know what's in his head. That could be in the back of his mind, like okay, let's get this guy signed. We're gonna like go up Duncan Key. Uh, um, holy James Neal, sorry. So I yeah, mean, no, that could still be in his plans. We just haven't seen that yet, and. A lot of people are like, oh, here goes Ken Holland again, going to ruin Edmonton like he did Detroit. He gave Detroit three Stanley Cups, let's not forget. Okay. And not to mention the longest consecutive playoff appearances, I so, believe, in North American sports. I, I think at the, I, I think the biggest thing with the Edmonton Oilers is we have had a long history of big guys coming in and doing nothing for us. Nothing. And it's PTSD. <laughs> like that's all I can say. Yeah. I think at this I, point we, yeah. we just gotta we gotta we gotta sit back. We gotta trust our GM. We gotta trust the process. We gotta trust what he has in store for us. Like this is the first trade, and everybody's oh, what have the others done? Why would they do this? We have ruined the offseason. Stuff like that. I, like I've seen people going all out outrageous about this, and I'm like, guys, like this. I've said it a hundred times. It feels like on this podcast, this guy hasn't even stepped on the ice for us. Um, yeah, I definitely tangibles I that I from. swear to God, only a handful of players in the NHL right now have. Um, I mean, yeah, look we're, what, we're paying five and a half million for him. However, yeah. if I'm paying five and a half million dollars for any veteran leadership, it's Duncan Keith. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you'd definitely be up there. I mean, like, uh, look at what Corey Perry was able to do two years in a row, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the, the difference there is Corey Perry is only making 900k league minimum, you know. And, True. Uh, so it's it's hard to value that sort of thing. It's hard to value leadership. It's hard to value what you can learn, the true intangibles. I just. I don't know. I really hope that uh, the thing that gets me also, sorry, I, I don't mean to keep harping on it, but it still doesn't make sense in, in multiple layers to the point where 
this Duncan Keith is truly only making around two million dollars this year. Mm-hmm. The cap hit is just paper money. It's literally just numbers on paper. Yeah. We still can get any retention on that. No. Um, I, I don't... Like you said, I don't think we had the leverage we thought we did for a guy that we were truly trying to pursue. I don't believe we truly had leverage. And a team has leverage, has the opportunity to be like, you're going to have to pay for some of that. Because the other team's like, okay, I will for sure. Just take them. But we don't have leverage in this contract. As much as people like to believe we did, I guarantee you we didn't. If we don't try to get him via this way, we lose him. And I can guarantee you Ken Holland has has a has a reason he's bringing Duncan Keith in. You don't just go you don't just go and spend five and a half million and trade uh second or third round pick and uh Caleb Jones for for no reason. There's a rhyme and a reason. We we may not be able to get it, but we also don't know the other moves this guy has planned for us. I I hope there is other moves that are true. There has to be. As a matter of fact, um today I I'd mentioned to you earlier there where I'd seen somebody talking about how there's potential, let's put it out there, potential for talks about a Phil Kessel trade. That would be ideal. It would obviously be after the expansion draft because people obviously want to know where people go for whatever. But um, there's still talks about there being moves out there for us. So let's, let's just, let's just wait. Let's just see what else we got. Let's, let's, let's trust the process. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not exactly throwing my hands in my air in the air and saying, you know, Ken Holland's the worst GM to ever exist and uh and completely give up on the team as of right now. Like I said, I I do like some of the intangibles he brings in. I just I if Duncan Keith wants to walk to Seattle, let him walk. I mean it's like we can there is other things out there. Like Ryan Suter if he signs for less than five point five million, which I almost guarantee you he will, would have been a giant upgrade and bring in also some leadership. I mean, he's not Duncan Keith, but he, at this stage in his career, over the last few years, he's been better. And I, I just that's the thing that it just makes me kind of scratch my head a little bit because, you know, he, if Duncan Keith doesn't come to us, is that really like do we live and die by Duncan Keith? Is that the move we needed to make? It's not the only move we're going to make. I, I know, but I mean, like you were saying earlier, like is if we don't make the push for him and he goes off to Seattle, is that really a make-or-break moment for us? I guess the season will tell us, but I think, as it stands right I now... I think the intangibles and the stuff he could teach guys like Evan Bouchard, Darnell Nurse, Ethan Bear, and all that other stuff for future, once he retires, I think that stuff is irreplaceable that knowledge that ability that's everything that he can bring to a team is irreplaceable and the Oilers haven't had that the Oilers haven't had the opportunity to have a guy with such success such of a pedigree come into their organization because nobody for the longest time ever wanted to play here yeah we have have a history of young guy a young team making young mistakes year after year not making it to the playoffs or having a terrible uh, run in the playoffs. We obviously had that huge run to the cup finals the one year, but for the most part, we've been for the better part of the 2010s, we've been nothing but nothing but a young team. Um, no real Duncan Keith type player. I know we're getting about 38, but let's not forget that he may retire next season if he comes out and has another terrible season. I mean, the guy's old. And if he does res- retire next year, the Blackhawks would actually get a $5.5 million cap. We would actually be in the green for what? I think it's like $2 million or something like that? It's 3.4, I believe. Yeah. There you go. So we would eventually be in the green. So let's just say his season – because we also don't know the talks that are going on behind the scenes, right? Like let's say for instance, Ken Holland goes to him and says, look, because why else would that clause be in there? Why would there be a clause that if he retires next year, they would retain? There's got to be a reason for that clause to be in there. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's part of the deal or if that's just how his contract, I think that's just how his contract is structured. That automatically, even if he goes to a different team, should cause yeah. him to take five point five million, and that other team gets three and a half million. How does that even make sense? Uh, that's I don't know. It's just kind of something with the, it's the same thing with Shea Weber, potentially retiring. Yeah, but that's year. an injury. 
and that's going no, but the cap's going back to Nashville as a cap recapture. Same thing. Again, with I think Blanco. that's part of the. Con- I think that's part of the contract. Though, yeah, right? no, that's like, what I'm saying. It's it was part of the contract when they signed but that, it. But that's part of the contract. That's in there for a yeah. reason. You yeah. don't have that on guys like, for instance, I don't know. You probably wouldn't have that on a Caleb Jones or a. Uh, I mean, they had it on Rick DiPietro, so yeah. Well, I mean, that was just absolutely <laughs> atrocious. That's just good business on his side of things, I guess. Because I think that guy is still getting paid for some reason. That guy's oh, paid me I believe so. Yeah, twenty twenty six or twenty eight. Ridiculous. So ridiculous. I'm actually pretty sure Chris Pronger is still on somebody's uh, yep. payroll too. So, I mean, yeah, that's was, just. I believe uh, Marion Gabrick. No, sorry, Marion Hosa. I think. Yeah. And you know what? Outside of Di Pietro, all those other names are people that have earned that ability. So it's not like something that just – I can almost guarantee you that's not something that probably goes on everybody's contract. Um, maybe it is. However, let's say we bring him on for a season. He retires next season. We're in the green for three, three, three whatever million, right? So who's to say it's – like I said, we don't know all the, all the intangibles that have happened off the screen, away from the media um, – yeah, no. I, mean, I mean, the weirdest thing was kind of Ken Holland's reaction to everything. It was like, well, what, what do you want? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. very defensive. That, yeah, I think that – well, I think because people don't know what else is going on. And yeah, I've never maybe seen that's like it, that before. Right? I mean, and he's that's got a reputation thing, right? of being the good guy, like the, the nice mm. guy. Like, But it gets frustrating. Like, no, we've talked sure. about, like we've talked about, man, this, this fan base is passionate and oh, they yeah. will do whatever they can to make you feel loved. And if they disagree with you, they will let you know in every single way possible. <laughs> and I don't blame them. That's why I love them. Right. So yeah. it's just one of those things that he's probably just sick and tired of, but why would you, why would you, why would you, why would you? And at this point I wouldn't blame him. I mean, we don't know what else is going to happen. This is the first move that's really happened for us this offseason. So, I don't know, man. It's, it's At this time, I think we're yeah. – I don't think – let's be honest. This is a two-year contract, and I still don't believe outside of Darnell Nurse that defensive core is actively ready to be a solid, on-point defensive core for at least two seasons. Um, I think bringing in a guy like Duncan, I don't think next year we're going to have all guys rolling at their best of their abilities. I think in two years, you're going to have guys like Ethan Bear who will be an absolute stud. I'm saying it now. Hot take. I said it. Absolute stud. I think Darnell, he's prime for a bounce back as soon as next season. I, you know, I think he'll have a bounce back, but I think that one year, even one year, playing with Duncan Keith on his team will make a whole world of a difference. Like I said, these defensemen don't have that type of player that have ever played for the Oilers organization, really, outside of what, Chris Pronger? And that was Chris how many Pronger's years ago? So, yeah, I, I mean, and look what look what a guy like Chris Pronger did for us. Like, Yeah, but I mean, Chris Pronger was in his prime, you know. Uh, a little arguably, he was kind of injury prone, however. Yeah, a little prone. He, but I mean, it wasn't long still, after that that he had to retire. Well, retire due to injury, I believe. After he yeah, left the Oilers, so he played what two, three years after that. He won the cup he, the next year. I mean, well, yeah. he still had a lot left in the tank, though. I mean, that is a little difference of a. I mean, definitely the same type of caliber of player, but I think this is more like acquiring Philadelphia Flyers Chris Pronger. <laughs> <you know? laughs> like, Maybe. And, and I mean, that's not a knock on either of them, but. It is what it is. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. I think. <sighs> I think it's it's difficult. It is. It's not a. It's not a very pleasant topic to talk to many Oilers fans about, because there's so many varying opinions. Like there are people who really, really value that leadership and think that that is that five point five million. You, that's fine. Like there's no reason why we shouldn't go after someone people like that and there are other people who like myself kind of believe that you know you probably could add two defensemen for that amount of money you know and and if you really want to bolster this defensive core to make that run now i mean i don't know if would two moderately paid still young enough defensemen at around 3.1 million dollars or Duncan Keith, which one like the the or like on the other hand having the experience, the talent, 
the grits of Duncan Keith. I just, I don't know. It's it's, diff, it's a difficult topic because there's so many varying opinions on it. A hundred variant opinions on it. I mean, there's so many different things to talk about. Like, I don't know, man. It's it's hard to say what kind of a defenseman you're going to get for... I mean, you could have went out and got Chernak. That would have been sick. But uh, I think yeah. he's probably... He might be gone to uh, Seattle. Yeah, so, yeah it's, potentially. It's, it's hard to say. Like, Don't get me wrong. I do think... The fact that we made a move a little prior to the expansion draft, which I believe is next week. Yeah, um, five days. So I think that might have been a little premature, but I'm I'm personally okay with who we got out of the trade. I mean, like I said, it's just kind of P- PTSD for a lot of players. We've never had a veteran come to our team and actually excel. And, I mean, the odds are low for veterans anywhere to leave and go excel. However... Not all veterans are Duncan Keith. Yep. I mean, right. five million, yeah. I get five and a half million is a lot of money. But I mean, at the end of the day, if you were to take about, let's say, large, uh, Clefbaum doesn't even play, he, um, he probably won't. I right? kind of doubt it. So you lost that money. So let's say, let's say you got Oscar Kefbaum's contract, what was that 4.1 mil, roughly? Something like that, yeah. That'll go towards the long-term injury reserve. Uh, so that's that's he that's going to be who he essentially replaces for the season. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Would I rather have Oscar Kleffbaum? Hundred percent. But we're not going to have him. So that's a real that's a realistic problem we're just going to have to deal with. So that's most of that uh, cap space uh, contract eaten up. Then you got Caleb yeah. Jones, the contract we just lost, who takes up another what was it? I think turns it out to a. Yeah, which turns yeah. that out to about five uh, five million dollars. So, so essentially, we're paying an extra five hundred thousand dollars on top of what we were already paying for the season. Well, I guess not already paying, but essentially, yeah. if Oscar would have played, and we didn't have that long term injury reserve money, if he would have played, we're only really paying five hundred thousand dollars more for a guy like Duncan Keith, which, yeah. I mean, to me personally, doesn't hurt as bad. Yeah. And the fact that if he does retire after a season, um, the money's all on Chicago. So that's that's another yeah. fact that, in all fairness, kind of eases the the sting a little bit, I think, for me. And with a little bit of time, kind of made sense. And then as I kind of thought about the fact that we probably would have lost him Seattle if we didn't really want to go after him. And I think Ken Holland made it pretty, pretty clear that he wanted a guy like Duncan Keith on this team. And, I mean, just having that kind of a, a mentality from a coach um, – um, our GM, sorry, coming and wanting you, wanting you to come be his leader in his room and stuff like that. And the fact that he will uh, be a little closer to his son and stuff like that. And I think I think stuff like that's going to change him. He's going to come into the season with a po- more positive outlook. I think he probably is probably not the happiest with the way the last couple of seasons have gone for himself. And I think we're going to come in, we're going to get a Duncan Keith that's going to want to prove Edmonton Oilers fans and probably the rest of the league that he, he might be older, but he hasn't, uh, he hasn't really lost it. Yeah, I mean, the then the on the other hand, we have to see now with the looming expansion draft you brought up. Um, is Adam Larson going to be taken by Seattle? Now we have to either expose whether Adam Larson or Ethan Bear because we're not exposing Nurse, and we must protect Duncan Keith. Uh, and to go the other route would leave Yamo or New or Puliarvi. We couldn't do that either. I know even though Larson technically could still sign with us, I mean, if he does get selected by Seattle, that would be a giant blow. Yes, would, I mean, the type yeah, of player if he, he Well, is. I mean, if he resigns with them, because there is a chance that he does get selected by Seattle and rejects their offers, but now it's kind of a sort of, you know, we gotta we kind of have to outbid Seattle now if they do decide to go that route on our own guy. Hey, which is another layer that really infuriates me about this this deal, but um, I don't know. We'll have to see. That's kind of it's either between the contract negotiation rights of Adam Larson or probably Tyler Benson for me if I was choosing from what we had. Yeah, uh, we're gonna leave unprotected. Yeah, no, I would. Uh, I would probably agree. I think. Uh, uh, it's hard to say. I feel like if you look at it, I honestly think 
Ethan Bear will be that Adam Larson type player, just a little better. I yep. think he'll he'll have a little bit better offensive side to him. I think he'll have that same phys- like he's a fairly physical defenseman himself. I mean, mm-hmm. we we know he had a rough playoffs this year, but I mean, he had pretty well a rough season, but he had that head injury there. That'll that'll mess anybody up. But the oh, season 100%. before, we saw such progress in that young man. Um, I think I think if we lose Larson, does it blow? Yes, because we've both talked about how much we absolutely adore that man as a defenseman. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Plus, you have to replace him, right? But however, if we do end up keeping him, like here's the deal: people are freaking out. We, who's to say we don't still have him at the end of the day, right? Like, so yeah, we could. It's just like, another intangible, like another risk. Yeah, there's risk. always risk to business. Business is risk, right? And uh, sometimes, you know, I think a lot of these GMs too, they have a very close kind of, yeah, I should say, kind of close group. Um, uh, obviously, yeah. obviously, I think some of them probably hate each other, but that's probably just a lot of their <laughs> that's business. Either their, yeah, that's exactly it, right? So, um, don't get me wrong. I think that sometimes teams will actually kind of like, okay, yeah, I got your back. Don't worry about it, and might offer him something low, even like Seattle might offer him three million. I mean, he's not a huge points guy, but he's that type of player that you can rely on night in night out, right? Like, so uh, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? The, Seattle's offer. What do you think if Seattle was to offer him, what would be too much for you to want the others to repay for him? To the um, I know this is gonna sound weird, but probably anything north of five would be more than Adam Larson probably should get on the free agent market. See, that's the other thing, too, is everyone's like right now, the free agents have to Mm -hmm. sign flat cap deals, yeah. You know, so they're gonna take less money than they probably would have got if the cap was still going up. Oh, hundred so percent. Realistically, could probably get Adam Larson for four million, three point five range, three point eight. But yeah, if it goes above five, eh. oh, and I mean that also depends years too. Seattle, not that I think they will, um, have the option to offer him an eight-year deal. Technically, mm. once yep. he's brought in. Um, which I don't think they will, but if they were to do something that insane, uh, so no. stop me, you're willing to pay five million dollars for Adam Larson, but it upsets you that we paid five million dollars. I know you want to be a little, you want to be lower, but you said five million dollars if it hits five, Adam Larson, but you wouldn't, you're upset about five and a half for Duncan Keith, yes, just I just okay. I get it. We I traded get it. at Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. He's an assistant captain on this team. Connor McDavid named him as part of the core at the end of season reviews. Adam Larson was huge for us this year. All his metrics are good. All his conventional stats are also decent. And he's just about, what, almost 10 years younger than Duncan Keith? 100%. 100%. However, I would, I, still not I would Duncan not, Keith. Yeah, it's still not Duncan Keith, but I mean, let's face it. I, let's isn't go that back. crazy that we're still saying, let's be honest, isn't that crazy that we're still saying, yeah, this guy is 10 years younger, but he's not Duncan Keith. He's, but we're still razzing on Duncan Keith. You know what I'm saying? Like, I it's kind of it. like, yeah, like, I don't know, man. I, I get it. I get where you guys are coming from. But I mean, and... I mean, go to Vancouver and ask anyone there how they like <laughs> Mark Messier. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I mean, I just because there's always two sides to that coin. I mean, mm-hmm. you could get a a uh, a Chris Chelios or you could get a Mark Messier on the Vancouver Canucks. Like, no, it's... 100%. 100%. You could. That, and that's the thing, right, is he hasn't even stepped foot on the ice yet. So we don't know what Duncan Keith we're going to get. And... 100%. Ah, uh, man, I think it's tough. It's it tough. is tough. It's a big risk, huge risk. Let's put it out there. I I agree with you guys. It is a huge risk. It is probably one of the more riskier uh, things that a GM for us has. To, I, that's saying a lot because we have had Shirelli <laughs> and stuff like that make a lot of. That's that. Those were more mistakes. These are not risks. Yeah, those, those are just this, straight up stupid. I, I will say this, this is a huge possibility to end well for us. Huge possibility. However, like you said, it also has huge possibility to backfire in our face. Like every other trade, it seems that happens for us, or draft pick up until freaking, uh, you know what I mean. So yeah, it's. Well, I, I mean, th- I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm not gonna say like he can't bounce back. I mean, look what Tyson Berry. Okay, Tyson Berry, who 
isn't a tenth of a defenseman Duncan Keith has been in his career. Mm-hmm. Look what McDavid and Drysdale could do for Tyson Berry. Mm-hmm. Duncan Keith is a legendary defenseman. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Possibilities, you know? You could put a guy like Duncan Keith on our power play. That's a man who's proven he can get pucks through. And like we've talked about prior in previous uh, podcasts, uh, that's one thing our defensemen don't do well is they don't get pucks through, but that man will. That man will teach those guys how to get pucks through, how to do more of those bank shots off the side of the net. Because one of the things that frustrated me the most with these young defensemen is they'd get pressure. And instead of, for instance, taking three steps sideways to the side of the uh, slot, shooting it there, or even just trying to get a rebound off of a ricochet, they're just dumping it back in the corner. Hey, guys, go try and cycle it again. That's great and all. However, yep. that means we got to go fight for the puck again. We may lose that puck, and it breaks out and goes the other way. you got guys like Duncan Keith, uh, Evan Bouchard. I think he's always done really, really great at it, and I, I've always commended him for it. He's one of those players that can get pucks through, and we, we need that. We need that. That's going to be crucial for power plays. That's going to be crucial for a lot of things. That's going to be crucial for tight games where, the, where the, the, the slot is always blocked up. I mean, you look at our defensemen now, and it's a lot of pucks would hit shin pads, or like I said, a lot of yep. pucks are just put into the corner. Not a lot of defensemen have that wherewithal to freaking put a ricochet off the back of the boards and have it bounce to the front of the net so a guy like Dreisaitl who is standing on the goal line can bang for it or – you know what I mean? It's somebody sitting in the slot waiting for one timer off the board, stuff like that. It's those little things. It's those those three or four extra goals a person based off just certain things of being able to get the puck to the net. And that's that's one of those things he's going to bring. And I, I'm so excited for that, to be honest with you personally. Yeah. No, I, and I, I get that. I definitely do because it's those are the things that you get when bringing in Duncan Keith. But, yeah, and I, I – you know, I've been over pretty much all the angles that I can think of off the top of my head, like where it's doesn't it doesn't exactly look great. But um, <laughs> not, I mean, not that I was short of them, but um, I like I, I yeah, it is a risky move. Will I think it? Do I think personally it'll pan out? I hope so. I I don't know though. His numbers over the last few years haven't been promising. I mean, he's not exactly playing with slouches over there in Chicago. And he's still, I think he had less than 10 points last year. Um, Like, to put it this way, the last time we were in the finals, Duncan Keith was playing his rookie season. He actually had 15 points last year. He He actually had more points last year than Adam Larson, the same guy you said you'd pay $5 million for. I said I would pay at max five million. Uh, that yeah, is very that, that's five million. That's still five million. You would like be willing 4. to pay five is where I'd be comfortable that, with at I, most. You know I what? Know. Maybe I might be five four point five kind of guy. But let's just be but honest. Like, he put up uh, more points than uh, Adam Larson, and that's a guy that we've just said is absolutely crucial to our team. Um, like I said, I think I agree with you. I think there's a lot of risk to this. There is some things that still kind of irk me, but at the same time, I'm just trying to stay positive. I'm just trying to be a, a little bit more optimistic with this one. Um, it's Duncan Keith. Uh, it's Duncan Keith. I mean, that's an argument in its own. Like, it, But the, what I gets me is that it seems to be the only argument. It, it, Why is that the only argument? Well, there should be more than that. There should be more that we're going after a guy on our team. The one year we can go after just about anyone, the, pretty much. I mean, guys like Landis Cog, for example, may hit the market. I'm not saying he will, but yeah. there's a lot of talks that he's – then him in Colorado, not close. Not even close to close. Yeah. Like, there's a chance he hits the market. Would I have rather have spent maybe – a second round instead of a third rounder and Caleb Jones to Colorado for Brian Graves for 3.1 million. Probably. Yeah, I think so. And then use like some of that cap to bring in a guy like Landis Cog. I know a lot of, a lot of talk about Hyman. I'm not really, I don't know about Hyman. He kind of seems more of a bottom six player that could elevate potentially. And yes. I'm, I don't really know if that's the kind of guy we want, but um, we're really in on him. So. I think, I think if, yeah, it's hard to say. I don't know. I've been kind of talking to uh, 
my wife's brother's a huge Leaf fan, and we were kind of oh, saying yeah? that we, yeah, I was kind of mentioning to him the other night that uh, I think we should kind of stay away from him. But uh, I don't know, Landis Cogs, Landis Cogs, uh, Landis Cog would be a good pickup. I mean, I'd mentioned there, there's talks about us trying to get Phil Kessel, who I think would also yeah. be a solid pickup. I mean, don't get me wrong, we still got what I think we said 15 million in cap space we still got room to make these moves guys like yeah, it's, I mean, it's not yeah. the end of the world let's say let's say we go out and pick up a solid uh forward who could play with dry or mcdavid and we pick up a goaltender um and we still are able to pick maybe another guy who can help with our scoring depth right at a little bit lesser of a price like three million four million dollars right something like that right we, well, we're I still mean- like, like we still need, we still need to resign a few guys. Like Yamamoto still needs. Yeah, to we do. Deal. Yes, we do. Um, hopefully Larson. Like pretty much our entire <laughs> bottom six isn't signed. Yeah, hopefully Larson too. And yeah. that's like six, seven mil right there, though. You know, that's it's like true. It is true. But however, if we talk about the people we would want to buy out, I mean, there's yeah. Koskinen. There's uh, who else? Uh, Koskinen, Neil. Um, Koskin, Neil, Cassian, yeah, Tersh, um, potentially. Uh, I don't know if I'm willing to give up I don't think we should buy I don't think I'm willing to yeah. give up Cassian yet. No, uh, but I'm just saying, like, those are the guys that still have, like, money deals left that are potential yeah. shooting. No, for sure. Uh, um, I mean, Cassian might be useful somewhere else if we were to use him as trade bait. However, I don't know. I still don't know if I'd be comfortable with that. I think just because that one last season he had, and I, like I said before, um, on a previous podcast. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I know his point production that one season was because of McDavid. And I mean, Mc- playing with McDavid would elevate absolutely anybody, but it's that fiery nature that guy brings to our lower uh, bottom six forward lines. I just yeah. absolutely love, and you absolutely yeah. need that come playoff time. You need a guy that's willing to get under absolutely everybody on the ice's skin. And, I don't uh, think he's going uh, anywhere. No, and that's, that's what I mean. So I don't really want to talk about like getting rid of Cassian either. So yeah. No, uh, I, I don't mean, know, but like, yeah, like we said, Neil Koskinen stuff like that. That frees up a little bit more cap space. That frees up maybe one or two of those contracts uh, that we need to re-sign. As far as that six million you had talked about, so uh, I don't know, man. It's just so much offseason left. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not gonna give up on it. But uh, that's it's it's mind-boggling it's for a lot it, of people. I it guess. is a difficult. It is a, a difficult move. I guess for me personally. I guess what it boils down to is does leadership cost that price to you as a fan? To me, I guess it doesn't. I to some people have you I gotta ask this question. I don't know if I've ever really asked this. Have you no, ever played sure. a really high level of hockey out of curiosity? Hockey, no, I, I played soccer. Sports. Okay. So yeah. um have you ever played on a team, for instance? I know hockey is like you've got Adam Bantam, Midget, all that yeah. other stuff yeah. all the way up. Okay, so that usually is about a three-year difference, I think, uh, from, let's say, Midget. From the year you enter Midget uh, yep. AAA to the year you're uh, done is about three years. Um, so when I first started my seasons as a first year in Midget, those yep. guys with three years of experience – would help build teams like those guys were the guys that you could count on night in night out um they all didn't all weren't always the greatest of players but it was their role their ability to get a team going their ability to help refocus a team when they were struggling stuff like that that kind of stuff was it would it would change games there was games that we would be yeah. down quite substantial scores and these guys would come in they kind of settle us young guys down and then we go out, come back, win games. And they mean now we're talking about a guy like that's three years of experience. Yep. And just this the stuff you learn from those kind of players that are older than you, that are been in the league a little longer. Like that's the kind of stuff that honestly, with the amount of experience Duncan Keith is going to bring to this Edmonton Oilers, I personally believe five and a half million is actually probably a half decent price for the amount of things that that's going to teach Bouchard, Nurse, all of them. I honestly, because what it'll do that five and a half million, we're spending it now, but it is going to create better players in all three of those players I just mentioned, including Adam Larson. Yeah. They're going to make the, it's going to make them all back. better. I guarantee it. Hopefully he comes back. I, I mean, I, I definitely do think there's something to what you're saying about, um, about experience. And I mean, it, it is important. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying experience isn't important at all, mm-hmm. 
But I think that what is more important to our team right now is to add those complementary players we've been begging for for the mm-hmm. last five, six years to add those left wingers that can actually shoot the puck so that McDavid isn't skating with whoever the hell's on the bottom six this week. Yeah. You know, well, I, I think the, that the, to the, me, I value that more than I value leadership on the back end. Yes. But here's, here's the deal is that um, I know we've done comparison and saying, what can leadership really do? Look at Neil, this, that, the other thing, but James Neal also is not even close to the player. Uh, Duncan Keith was ever, for instance, um, don't get me wrong. We all knew Neil was a playoff performer, and I think that's a lot of the reason why I brought him in. Um, I think he's shown over the years that, yes, he's a grimy forward. However, he has kind of lost his step. Um, yep. Duncan, Duncan Keith, yes, he has also lost his step, but also we saw shades of Duncan Keith last year that was like, that's Duncan Keith. Don't get me wrong. We saw shades of Duncan Keith that was like, retire. However, <laughs> however, um, we still – I know we brought in the type of uh, leadership with Neil, like we'd said, playoff performer. We brought him in for that reason. But we still have never brought in a player like Duncan Keith, the resume that guy has had since Chris Pronger. Um, I think we still have the cap space to go out and get those players you're looking for. We still have the ability um, with talks, um, like we said, with Phil Kessel. We're still planning on trying to get these types of players. We just haven't done it yet. You kind of got to wait to the expansion draft to kind of have that happen. And I think just because we made this signing does not mean that those other choices that we need, like you said, two forwards that can complement McDavid and Dreisaitl and a goaltender, does not mean we still can't go get those things. It's just one deal, guys. I know it's, it seems ridiculous to a lot of people, but the leadership, the intangibles, the stuff like that, Ken Holland has always believed in, um, i.e. guys like Lidstrom and stuff like that. Um, Helios was a great example. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, those kind of players, and look look at the types of teams Detroit had for the longest years with players like Lidstrom and Chelios, and they were old old as hell. And you know what? In all fairness, Chelios in the last little bit of his career was uh, <laughs> a little bit of uh, a... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I look, mean, look, look, look at Zidane Chara. Look what Zidane Chara does. That man yeah. as well very seasoned um as willing to take that reduced role uh with washington and i mean even with boston in the later part of the latter part of his uh career with boston he was taking a lesser role but that leadership there's a reason they kept signing that man and that leadership is that reason yeah i mean they don't pay sedano char nearly that much anymore but i see where you're coming from but Z- sure. Zdeno Chara is not the type of player Duncan Keith is. They're totally two different, totally different players. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, but uh, definitely, I wouldn't say they're completely different. I'd say they're both. They both have made a name for themselves pretty well in this league. Hundred percent. They're both outstanding defensemen. I'm just saying their playing styles are a little. Their bit playing more, styles. Right. Their playing styles were a little different, right? Like one was a little bit more offensive. Get in there. I mean, he's probably not going to be that player anymore because of his age. But he was get in there, make a play do something, get back out, rush back, be on the defensive side of the puck. The other one, more of a stay back, clear the front of the net, crush you, in the, crush you in the corners, yep. absolutely pound the teeth into the back of your throat if he had to type player, right? So those are two totally different players, and let's be honest, which one would you pay more? I don't know. I, I no, I'm saying, if I, if I'm saying take the yeah. names out of it. If yeah. I told you you had a 38-year-old player, that was sitting there and he was okay. Let's not even put the age in there, for instance. Let's just yeah, say, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's 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 make them both 35. They're both 35. And I sat there and told you you had one player that was offensively he was an offensive asset. I told you you had a yeah. player that was more shut down. Um let's not mention that that other player, that offensive asset was also a shutdown defenseman as well. But the one who was just strictly shut down, had a slap, uh, a cannon of a slap shot, but mostly was just clear the front of the net, crushing the corner, leadership role. They're both leadership roles. Which one would you pay more? Would you be willing to pay more for the offensive guy? Or would you be willing to pay more for the guy that's literally just going to beat the I'm shit not, out of you? I'm not going to lie to you. I think we both had a very big problem with our soft play in the last two playing, the playing round and the round against the Jets, I think we could actually benefit more from a crusher. Something, someone who really 
Take the Oilers pass out of the deal. Take the Oilers pass out of the deal. I'm talking about because we had mentioned Chara being on a lesser deal. That's what I'm sitting there trying to explain. No, no, that's why he's thinking about that. That that's why he that no, but this is what I'm trying to explain to you. This is why Chara has a lesser deal. It's 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 not because they're not both gifted athletes, and I think a lot of Chara trying to be on a team. I mean, he's also I think he's older than was he forty? Oh. Gosh, I can't even remember. Yeah, he is. He's older than Keith. I believe. Right, so he's not going to be getting nearly as much. I mean, like we said, he's also taking a much more diminished role than Duncan Keith really has so far. So I just think it's more of a thing of Keith still on his deal from those days, and Char is on a new deal. That's more. No, one hundred percent. You're. You know what? You're totally right. You are totally right. However, um, I think at the end of the day, I mean, if you're signing Duncan Keith this year, there's no way in hell he's getting five point five. Absolutely not. No, he's probably getting two mil, three mil, probably somewhere uh, around there. You know what? He would probably still rake in three and a half. I think, I think so. Probably. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I yeah, I would agree. So you're, with that. you're you're paying for your name at that point. I think you probably get three and a half, right? So, I mean, save two million. Um, I mean, that's also in a positive world. I'm um, in a yeah, and it's a yeah, yeah, it's a fictional it's, world at this point. So, but um. <laughs> At the same time, like I said, I don't know, man. I just think, I just think we just need to let it, just let the rest of it play out. We, we like, oh my god, we signed this guy, but we still need this, this, and this. But we still have room to get, yeah, the two. Yeah, no, I just, category, I think right? it's, so, yeah, I definitely if, understand. It's yeah, just odd. Put it is odd in your own way. No, for sure. And like you said, you gave up all of your. Uh, essentially your money as your currency with your draft pick there. Um, Cause we still don't know what type of draft pick it's going to be. So we can't for certain make another trade with it. So yeah. um, I, I do get that from your standpoint as to why you'd be a little irritated by that. Um, but at the same but time, man, it's we're, we're trying to make day, a push here. It's yep. it's like at I said, the end I of the know. day, Duncan Keith is part of the team. Welcome to Edmonton, Duncan. I wish you nothing but the best. You're on my side now. I gotta love you. Yep. No. And I. That's the thing, Oilers fans. Is he's an Oiler now. So let's remember he's wearing that Oiler jersey. So let's love him. Um, let's give him a chance at least to step on the ice before we really start to get on this guy's back and stuff like that. I think I understand where every Oilers fan is coming from. That's against it. I really do. But being a guy that has always played hockey and I've always played hockey and always respected what a guy like. Um, Duncan Keith has done as far as his career um, and I understand as far as leadership and how crucial that was for for instance myself as a hockey player mm-hmm. um, I, I know what it could what the potential is for these younger defensemen and stuff like that and even some of the four just the leadership role of it all and stuff like that so it's it's kind of one of those signings that I'm starting to understand a little bit but don't get me wrong I do understand your side of those fans that are all frustrated with this deal I do get you but I'm just trying to be optimistic. I'm trying to not let the PTSD get to me. <laughs> <laughs> always, Brett. And as always, this has been a, uh, a pleasure, but I think we should wrap it up right here. I think so. Yeah. As always, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, it's been another week with the New Era Oilers podcast presented to you by the New Era Hockey Network. It's been an absolute blast. We'll see you guys next week.